Hey, it's Becca. And it's Nancy. And this is Insane Investigations. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. Today we're covering a case that's kind of been in the news a lot mm-hmm. lately due to some new updates, I'd updates, say. I guess. But we're not really going to talk about that till part two today. It's just going to kind of be the history of it. But we are going to be covering the case of Madeline McCann. Yeah, really big case. Really well yeah. known case. A really, really well known case. Like, I don't think anybody hasn't heard about this case. Yeah, like literally every corner of the world knows about her. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get into that, we have a little update from our last episode, the mm-hmm. Mandela Effect. We were talking about a specific Mandela Effect from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, where the queen says, mirror, mirror on the wall. And it turned out that she actually said, magic mirror on the wall. Yeah. And it's something that bothered all of, all of us. us like literally. it was really like annoying us like nancy's nathan went and dug out a script from years ago yeah. to try to find something to prove that it was mirror mirror but our friend briggsy if you remember from a few episodes ago happened to have one of the original copies of the brothers grim version Mm -hmm. of snow white and that actually said looking glass looking glass on the wall which is basically mirror 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 on the wall wall. so So, proof yeah that's it we didn't make it up no i mean i still think i said it in the movie but yeah at least that you know kind of makes sense (laughs) another thing we wanted to let you guys know is we do have a tiktok now yeah insane investigations podcast there's nothing on it at the moment but we're planning to do a few things on there yeah and we had like a really really scary experience this week yeah it was weird when we were at work so basically we were on our break and we were in an elevator basically the two of us were in the lift nowhere near the like elevator buttons or anything like that like just standing in the lift we had pressed like the ground floor button and the doors closed yeah and then just as we were about to move the doors just opened again yeah nobody pressed the button there was nobody on the other side of the lift like trying to get in yeah like there was literally nobody there and you couldn't even hear like the the floors are so echoey yeah so when someone's like walking where like the lifts are like you can hear it clear as day clear as day and it didn't sound like somebody just like got into another lift or no anything and also when the lift lands and the doors open it pings i was just gonna say that and there was like no ping because i was talking to anthony about it today no was it anthony or steph i think i was saying it to the two of them but i think steph was saying that like he was like oh yeah well you know it could have just been somebody and they ran into another lift yeah and we just didn't see that there's never two lifts that open at the same time no they don't open at the same time because it's really annoying when everybody's leaving because we all leave at the same time yeah so if a lift is full and you hit the button again that door just opens again yeah so you need to just like wait for the next lift. wait for that lift to go and then yeah. press the lift button and then get into another lift but yeah so really creepy it was so spooky and then after i just closed and went down yeah to the ground floor like nothing happened but it was terrifying yeah and i said it to nathan as well nathan was like oh well like could you have hit off the buttons rebecca was down the back of the lift in the middle and i was standing in front of her in the middle of the lift yeah so i wasn't like near the sensor or anything like we were kind of i was like bang smack in the middle of the lift and the the buttons have lights on them and if you press it it lights light up. comes on you can see where you're after pressing except for the ground the ground floor it was so So it was 
freaky. Mad stuff happens with them lifts all the time at work. I know. I did say it to Anthony as well because Anthony turned around to me and he goes, this is why I don't get the lift. <laughs> Our friend Anthony is terrified of lifts. He yeah. won't get in one. He takes the stairs all the time. Yeah, literally. I mean, respect because I yeah. can't even go up a flight I wouldn't be able to do that, no. I, I tried a couple of times. I was like, oh, I'll go up the stairs with you. And I got like two floors up and I was like, oh my God, I can't do Never this. again. Never, Never again. again. I did it once and I was like, no. No. But what were we saying? Oh yeah, with the lifts as well. Yeah, weird stuff happens like all the time in that office. Like honestly yeah. convinced that it's haunted. Do you remember the one day we were in the lift and it opened on one of the floors the that are just closed? Floor. Yeah, and there's nobody working on the first floor and it's so... All the lights were creepy. off and everything. It was It was terrifying. pitch black. Like, the doors open and it was, like, just pitch black. All you could see was, like, the exit signs, the fire exit ones, like, the emergency exit, like, yeah. the green kind of glowing sign. That was all you could see. The rest of, like, that area was just, like, pitch black. And, um, yeah, like, nobody called the lift there and nobody pressed the first floor button for it to, like, stop there. No. And there was nobody there. And the lights are on a sensor as well. So somebody like walks past. Like obviously there's nobody using there. So the lights are always off. But if say like sometimes security are doing their rounds or whatever. If they're walking past the lights come on. And they don't go off straight away. Like they'll stay on for like ages. So it's like. It was so weird. Yeah. Terrifying Creepy. experience. But anyways. I think anyways. we'll just <laughs> dive into the case. So Nancy is going to start off with basically who Madeline McCann is for anybody who doesn't. Madeline Beth McCann was born on May 12, 2003 in Leicester, England. Her parents Kate and Jerry McCann are both doctors. Kate was born in 1968 near Liverpool and graduated from the University of Dundee with a degree in medicine. She has practiced in a few specialties but is now a general practitioner and Jerry was born in 1968 in Glasgow and he graduated from the University of Glasgow with a bachelor's in physio slash sports science in 1989. In 2002 he received his medical degree and he's currently working as a cardiologist consultant. In 1993 the couple met in Glasgow and then five years later they actually ended up getting married. After that they welcomed the birth of Madeline in 2003 and then shortly after had the twins Sean and I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong Amelie in 2005. So the whole family lived in Leicester England and Madeline had blonde hair green eyes and her most distinct feature was a dark blemish in the iris of her right eye known as Colaboma Colabama. I don't know. I don't know. But that's a very important thing to remember because I think I have it written down somewhere. I'll try to find it. That like it's a very, very rare thing to have. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's something that really, really I'm like 99 percent sure that Dennis has that. Yeah, I think so. We're going to have to investigate this tomorrow. I'm going to find out tomorrow and we'll give you an update on the next episode. But I will let you know because I'm pretty sure one day I was like talking to Dennis and we were in um, Deadpool. And the other way that room was like real narrow and the light is like real bright because it's a small meeting room. Yeah. Like I could see his eye, like the light was like shining in his eyes. And then I noticed it and I was like, Dennis, what the fuck? I was like, I never knew you had that. And he was like, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to look into this. I'm like 99% sure. And we'll let you all know if Dennis has it. Dennis Dennis is Madeline McCann. Imagine. Imagine. I'm just going to go to Dennis, are you Madeline McCann? Oh my God, we should say that to him. Just see how he reacts. That'd be so funny. So we're going to get into basically how the Madeleine McCann case started. The McCanns went on spring vacation to Praia de Luz, Portugal on April 28, 2007. They were staying in 
a little village near Portugal's Algarve known as Little Britain. Yeah. So basically the reason that it's called Little Britain is because there's a lot of people from the UK who go there on holidays, have Mm -hmm. holiday homes there. Some people even live there. So that's how it kind of got dubbed that name. The family were placed in 5A Rua de Augustino da Silva. That's probably as good as it's gonna get. That's as good as it's gonna get. I'm sorry. An apartment owned by a retired teacher from Liverpool. Mm -hmm. The apartment that they were in was a two-bedroom ground floor apartment in the fifth block of a group of apartments known as Waterside Village. So if we're talking about it from now on, we're just gonna call it Waterside Village because we can't pronounce the other name. The (laughs) The official name of the street. That was basically on the perimeter of mark warner's ocean club resort so that's where they were staying yeah like sounds like a fairly normal family holiday holiday yeah. touristy place yeah pretty normal when i was listening to a documentary about it earlier they were saying how just this area was known for like families in particular it was a very yeah. like, family friendly place yeah there was like a children's club and everything yeah. there like it was a family resort yeah the apartment was accessible to the public from two sides so they had sliding glass patio doors in the living room and they could be accessed via a public street where a small mm-hmm. gate and a set of steps led to the balcony and the living room yeah you can probably include photos of this on the instagram as well yeah so there are photos like There's the layout of, photos, of what the apartment yeah. and i was like just so you can see just so you can see you for can get the vibes yeah the other public accessible door was the front door that was on the opposite side of the block from the ocean club the mccann's children slept in a bedroom next to the front door which the mccann's kept locked the bedroom had one waist-high window with curtains and a metal exterior shutter which was controlled by a cord inside the window the mccann's kept the curtains and shutter closed throughout the holiday the window overlooked a narrow walkway and the residence car park which was separated from the street by a low wall Madeline slept in a single bed next to the bedroom door on the opposite side of the room from the window and the twins were in travel cots in the middle of the room. So I know that's a lot of detail. I just want you to have like an idea of what the apartment looked like. Obviously there'll be pictures as well, but just if you're listening to this before you see the poster on. Mm -hmm. There was another single bed underneath the window that wasn't being used. Friends of the McCann's were also staying at the same resort. So there was Matthew and Rachel Oldfield and they were next door in 5B and Jane Tanner and Russell O'Brien were in 5D. So they're all kind of staying together. Like they knew the people that were also staying in that apartment block. It was like their friends. Yeah. The only people that were a bit away were... The Paynes and Diane Webster, they were on the first floor. Mm-hmm. Just a pretty normal holiday. It actually mm-hmm. seemed like a pretty good one. Like loads of families yeah, going, all getting like, together. There's a big group of them. They're all staying at the same resort. They're all close by. Having sounds, a good time. Yeah, it sounds like an amazing holiday. Yeah. But the story gets quite dark when the holiday comes towards an end no it does so on may 3rd 2007 the story ends up getting even darker and like becca mentioned it was coming to the end of the family's holiday so over breakfast that morning madeline actually ended up asking her parents like why didn't you come when my brother and i cried last night and after the disappearance her parents wondered whether this had meant that maybe somebody could have like possibly entered or broke into the children's bedroom because like why is she just randomly saying that that's just a terrifying talk. Yeah. Like imagine not knowing that someone was in your yeah. child's room. Not even hearing them crying. You'd be. Yeah. 
hysterical yeah like i know it's like really messed up and it's easy to kind of turn around and be all like how could you have just ignored something like that and not probe or try and find out like what exactly they meant but i suppose like i have heard that kids say a lot of like mad shit all the time that's true i was gonna say that as well like they can kind of like it could have been a dream yeah exactly it's like you can't tell because she would have been fairly young as well at this point so yeah there's no way to really tell them but this next bit i'm i'm really kind of like what the actual what fuck, the fuck about. happened yeah so her mom also noticed that madeline had like a large brown stain on her pajama top that morning too that gives me a panic like attack. what that, what do you mean you just noticed this like yeah and why aren't you asking her like where did what that the fuck come happened? from like what happened yeah like look it might have been like a nosebleed or something in the middle of the night. I don't fucking know. I don't know. But like still, if there's a large brown stain, I'd be asking questions. Yeah. I'd be like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck happened? What is all over you? Yeah, you're three years old. Like, What did you do? Like, did you have a midnight snack? <laughs> like, she could have just been up eating some fucking chocolate cake or bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> something chocolate ice cream throughout the night. I don't know. But yeah, I definitely would be like, what's going on? What's but once again... On? I suppose, what, three years old? Is that how old she would have been at the yeah. time? I mean, ugh, kids are messy. Yeah. So it could have just been that she could have woke up early and just yeah. had a bit of a munching. <laughs> so the children ended up spending the morning in the resort's kids club. Then the family headed to the pill where Kate took the last known photograph of Maddie. We will include that on our Instagram on our as well. Instagram, yeah. Because it is like an iconic photo. Like... It's a, I think it was the one that was used the most by the media when they were covering her disappearance and stuff. Yeah. So that evening, the McCanns decided to go for dinner with the group of friends that we mentioned earlier on. Once again, bit weird because, I mean, the daughter did say to them that morning, that should have worried them. Like, why would you then just Leave. be like, oh yeah, yeah. we're just going to go now and have dinner. That's the mates. first thing I thought. Yeah. Right? And when this happened, I was seven. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i am not joking i was seven years old when yeah. this happened and i was like why would they leave them after that happened yeah no it makes no sense it, yeah. like i don't i don't understand i no. really don't know but however if that was my dog i would be I'd like be- i'm never leaving you again <laughs> i'd be so worried and like the mask just kind of like okay okay yeah children's imagination no offense to kate mccann or anything no. like, like who knows what was going through her head at the time that's what i but, mean and I suppose it kind of does go back to the whole place. Like, she does say a lot in interviews how, at the time, it was known to be such a family-friendly place. Like, they knew people who would go there often. I don't know if exactly. they were there before. I'm not sure. I don't know if you came across anything. I don't know if they were there before, but it wasn't a strange place to them. Yeah. I think is a good way I think of a few of the other people there were might have been, might have went there quite frequently yeah. or something. They definitely knew people that had been there. Like, yeah. it was literally just like a small Britain. Like, yeah. that's why it was called Little Britain. Like, yeah. it was just home away. Yeah. <laughs> and like, even when, I'm going to use like, the closest example I have to this is Centre Parks. And I was there like quite, recently Recently. it's kind of like a little kind of resort that in the middle of a forest in Longford in Ireland it was actually really nice there and all but it's the same kind of vibe where it's like these little there's a cottages and there's like these apartment blocks and then it's just kind of like the actual the whole thing is like fenced off yeah so like there's no way that people who aren't staying there are able to kind of get in and vice versa like get out and stuff so it's quite like a safe space and plus family friendly and literally do you know what's so funny me and Nate were literally talking about Madeline McCann when we were over there yeah because the amount of kids we seen so the way the lodges were they were all quite far away but in the middle of the place is a giant lake and then all like the activity centers like the little kind of village square where they have like all the food places a little shop and all all of that is like bang smack in the middle of it 
Yeah. The rest is like paths and then leading out to where the lodges are. Like they're not right outside the house kind of thing. Yeah. And even at that, there were so many young kids just walking around on their own. Yeah. And even like at night, it'd be like 9 p.m. And like me and Nathan would be like after going out and having a bit of food, like heading back to like the apartments that we were staying at. And they'd be like small kids just on their own. Yeah, just wandering around. Yeah, like two or three of them, yeah. like just in little mini gangs. Just Mark chilling. brought his kids there and they had a fucking great time. Yeah, like, like the whole time, even when we were going to the activities and stuff, it was just kids going on their own. Yeah. Because it was like known for being like a family friendly, safe place. Place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and literally me and Nate were saying like, I can't believe parents are still letting their kids do that after what happened to Madeline McCann. Because that was supposed to be in like a safe space, family yeah. resort, like, you know. You tr- like no, when I was true. younger and I went to Lanzarote, right? I went with my parents. Now it wasn't the case of like my parents went out at night and like left me. Like it wasn't the exact same. But in the morning, the way our, we were saying like one of the little villas and in the back of all the villas is where the swimming pools were. Like literally, so yeah. where the back door was, it was a patio, a little kind of garden furniture. And then you literally walked down a couple of stairs and then you were kind of like in the area where all the pools were. Yeah. And like my parents would wake up at like, I don't know, 10, 11. And like me and Jenny would be up the crack of dawn. Like gone. first thing just in the not, morning yeah, like the amount of times and my mom told me like i can't do that anymore in case because i can't swim in case something happened to me and i drowned or something <laughs> or like jenny but me and jenny would wake up at like 8 a.m and obviously be sweating there so it'd be warm even in the yeah. mornings and then we would throw on our swimsuit and then just go to the pool and there'd be loads of kids there yeah unsupervised unsupervised just all use yeah i never left ireland because i'm sheltered as fuck but i remember going to wexford as a child with like all my cousins and like obviously my parents and my brother and sister and stuff yeah and it was like we'd just be out like we'd be out playing hide and seek like running around like in the middle of the night and yeah who cared i remember two of my cousins slept in the car before because there wasn't enough room oh my god yeah like my my auntie had like a, a mobile home mm-hmm. but there was 13 of us all together yeah i remember two of my cousins ended up sleeping in the car and it was, just, was, in the it was just like yeah it was just completely normal two girls like they just sleeping, sleeping in the in car, car where literally yeah yeah so I suppose this is what I mean, like, it's it's really easy to kind of judge from the outside looking in, and I know we're going to probably get into it, where the parents face, like, a lot of scrutiny for yeah. making the decision to leave the kids alone that night. Yeah. So a lot of the blame was initially put on them, and there's still a lot of people to this day that put the blame on them. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, they probably regret that decision. Yeah. No, I don't think back, that... But. To be fair, I don't think that it's right to leave your kids in an apartment on their own and go to dinner. And I know they were going to check on them, but I don't think that that's right. Yeah. But it's not too far from just being out running around the streets as a child. Yeah. You get me? Like, and it's, you can't, nowadays you can understand why that's so wrong. But you have to remember this was 2007. The whole Madeline McCann case, I feel like is definitely what brought the dangers of doing shit like this to light yeah i feel like before then and i remember a lot of people said the same thing like when this whole case blew up and stuff and even back in school when we were all talking about it like loads of people were like well sure my parents would do the same with us yeah they'd go out for a few drinks because they'd be like a pub or something they'd just leave us there and like it wasn't there was no fear like nobody thought anything bad could happen as i said before like i was only seven when this happened but Mm -hmm. this is the first horrible Huge thing like that not even uh, just the first horrible thing i remember happening yeah like no, it was definitely. just and it was everywhere for months everyone talked months about years i feel like even years years fact, yeah it was just constantly it was just spoken about yeah even my parents i remember like when this all happened my parents would use her as an example yeah 
Like my ma would always say to me, like, you need to be so careful of look what happened to Madeline McCann. And, you yeah. know, it really kind of brought to light like the dangers of it. Oh, like, stop. Even like, my sister and all. My mom always warned us about like stranger, stranger danger. danger. Me too. But Me too. after this, like she used to be like, don't get in a car with anybody, even if I know them, unless I've told you that they're going to pick you up yeah, from somewhere, like, don't, do not get in the don't. car. Yeah. And I remember actually have a really funny story. Mm. I had a neighbour that was a few years older than me and we went to the same school and she used to walk me to school every day and walk me home. Yeah. My school was like literally at the bottom of the hill, like mm-hmm. at the top of the hill. But she used to walk me and I remember one day her dad picked us up. Yeah. And my mum didn't tell me that he was picking us up. Right. And I wouldn't get into the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually they got me into the car, right? And he had to go to like Londis, which mm-hmm. was like, a different turn to my house mm-hmm. and when he took that turn i screamed Stop. i screamed my head oh my off. god i mean i don't blame you it's good that you <laughs> had that reaction you need to be fair but like he lived across the i knew him for years yeah, right? but yeah, my yeah. mom just had that embedded in my head that i was like scream, <laughs> just scream. Just and, scream. Yeah. i mean yeah. it is a really good reaction because god forbid if it was something yeah. else you know yeah now luckily Dave was a lovely man and he just needed milk. Yeah. And when I screamed, <laughs> when I screamed, he just turned the car around and brought me home. He was like, yeah, I'm not getting <laughs> done for this. It's not worth it. No. Oh <laughs> but, my um, God. That's God. Yeah. It's funny looking back on it now, but at the time I was terrified. Yeah. I was like, this is it. I'm getting kidnapped. <laughs> I actually have a few kidnapping stories. Oh my God. No, like these are true life ones. Like people I know yeah did i never tell you okay so the first one was when i was in primary school primary school was that you bang smack in like a house in the state (laughs) right it was like there was itchy gaffs across the road gaff is house by the way in dublin yeah in dublin Dublinese. in Dublinese. but anyways so it wasn't like dangerous or anything so there was a lot of kids that would just walk to school in the morning you know because half of them only lived like literally across the road and there was this one fella in my class and he lived just up the road from the school, like literally a two minute walk. He had to cross the road and he'd be he outside. You did tell me this before. Yeah. But basically he ended up, he was going to school one morning and apparently a van pulled up in front of him and kind of like intercepted him from like crossing the road. Yeah. And somebody like hopped out of the van and they were trying to like tell him to like get in the back of the van and all. And he like luckily was stranger danger. Yeah. And he like turned around and sprinted back to his house and like told his parents, the like guardy were called. He didn't go to school that day. Yeah. And obviously like he was mad traumatized and all from it. And I remember once the school found out about what happened, they ended up sending us all letters home. Yeah. Being all like, oh, be careful, like make sure parents are like supervising their kids, like up until they're on the school grounds, like picking them up and stuff. And like, I remember the teachers would be out in the yard with us at the end of every day and they wouldn't let you leave until your parents came up and like claimed you. Took you, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like that in my secondary school. There was a lot of um, girls getting followed home from my secondary school. And yeah, we all got letters sent home. Now we were in secondary school, like our parents didn't have to come get us. But like... It was terrifying. That's so scary. Yeah, like I'd be going into school and like girls that I knew would be like, I got followed home last Oh my God. No, I can't even imagine that. That's terrifying. Terrifying. Oh God. Like especially school where you have to go every day. You have to go and people know what time you leave at. Because it's like dead set. You you start at this time, school ends at this time, everyone leaves at this time. That is so freaky. Oh my God. It was terrifying. I hate that. And then the other thing that happened was actually like not that long ago was in my estate. One of my neighbours has a daughter 
who like I don't know how old she is or how old she would have been at the time. I'd say probably if I had to guess around like eight. Yeah. So she wasn't like old old, but she wasn't young young either, right? My estate is like fenced off. So it's not like easily accessible to anyone kind of thing. Yeah. And even with us growing up, like my mom would just let us out in the estate. Like once we were yeah. in the estate, we were fine. We were safe. I mean, I would always be like, oh, you can go out, but just don't leave the estate and I'll leave the estate and all. So, you know, letting your kids out in the estate was just normal. These yeah. kids, all different ages, just roam around the estate and they live like on either ends of the estate. Yeah. They just all roam around. I remember when I was a kid, we had, um, like, we'd be out, like, after it got dark in the summer and you think you were dead. <gasps> My God, yes. But all the teenagers on the street would have to be home before dark because this was before smartphones and shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just had to be home when it got dark. Yeah. But they were allowed to be on the street, obviously. And yeah. Because they were on the street, we were allowed to be on the street. Because they used to be like, out, like, playing tip the can and hide and oh, seek. Oh, I remember all that, like, being a kid yeah. and doing all that. And my mom was the mom who would come out in the middle of the night with like cool pops for the whole street. Oh my god, yeah. she was that one. We, she had, we always mom. had them and they yeah. said my mom was not that one, but I mean, there I'll was have always to find pictures thing. for you actually. My mom has pictures of like the whole street standing in my front garden with ice Aww. pops. Like, so I'll have to find it and show that you. That is so cute. I love yeah. that. It was so wholesome. Yeah, literally. But anyways, this was not wholesome. <laughs> this was not wholesome. This not- the girl in the estate. Basically, she was out with her friends, like just hanging out around the estate normal all day nothing strange and this was in the summer broad daylight as well oh. mind you this wasn't like yeah at night time right? like the estate was packed with kids hanging out and apparently a van pulled up and this was like literally across the road from our house so oh. imagine like god forbid yeah. you know across the road from our house a van pulled up a man apparently hopped out of the van and went to try and grab her like physically grab her and they ended up sprinting out. Luckily, one of the kids that she was friends with lived on that side of the road. Yeah. So they both ended up like sprinting. Like obviously the girl knew about her, so she started screaming. Yeah. And they ran and they like ran into the other girl's house. And then your man apparently hopped back into the van and like sped off. Yeah. Oh and then God. her ma, the girl's ma was obviously she lived in like my kind of square. And she ended up like going out and she was like talking to everyone on the road and she was all like my daughter almost got kidnapped and like everyone be careful and she put up a post on the facebook page and all and then the house in the state that i live in end up sending out a letter to everyone all the residents like no to be way. careful and in case like you know they see anything or to yeah. report and all yeah it was that mad is terrifying so going back to the malamacan case <laughs> So the parents and their friends decided to dine in the tapas bar on site of the complex and conducted a rota system where basically all the adults would go back and check on the children throughout the night. They would take turns doing this. And the restaurant itself was only about 180 feet away from where the apartments were. So it wasn't too far away, but the whole apartment complex was not gated or anything like that. And it was accessible to the general public. It was just open, like it was a complex, but like it It was just on the street. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they began dining around 8.30pm and the parents, like we said, were taking turns to go back and check on the children every night. I think, it was, was it every 10 minutes or every 20 minutes? I think it was every 20 minutes they yeah. were going back and forth. Because I know it was like a short enough gap. It wasn't like... It wasn't that crazy. It wasn't like every hour or every couple no, of hours. Like was, they were checking quite frequently. Yeah. And I think what it was, was like, if it was Kate's turn, she'd go and like check on everybody's kids. And yeah. if it was Jane's turn, she'd go and check on everybody's kids or Jerry or yeah whoever. exactly so at 10 p.m kate mccann noticed that maddie was no longer in her bed when she was going around and doing her rounds of checking in on the kids obviously the mccanns were like totally distraught about this and they ended up calling the police as you would and mind you the twins were there they were fine they yeah. were fine it was just maddie that was missing 
I think I read somewhere that they were actually like still asleep. Yeah, they were still yeah. asleep. Yeah, they were babies. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how frequent babies sleep or <laughs> how long they sleep for, or how easy it is to wake up a baby. But yeah, they were asleep. So the police arrived and staff and guests searched for Maddie all throughout the night up until daybreak. Border police and airport security were also told to be on high alert in the coming days as the country of Portugal all banded together to try and find Maddie. Over the coming weeks, many different theories started coming up. This case was spoken about on every news station. And it was all over the covers of all the newspapers. Every newspaper. For months it was on the yeah. cover of every newspaper. Yeah. And also, like I said before, like this whole thing spread around the world. Like, I don't think there's one country where Madeline McCann has never been mentioned or where people no. don't know who Madeline McCann is. Because that was the thing. She could have been anywhere. Anywhere. Literally. And this is what I was talking to Rebecca about earlier when we were kind of discussing this in work. Like, we're having a bit chit-chat. Yeah. Getting excited <laughs> for recording tonight. Um, but I was saying, like, in Europe, right, because this thing that's happened in Portugal... Yeah. It's not like in Ireland where you're in one country surrounded by water. It's an yeah. island where you need a passport to leave or come back. Exactly. In Europe, most borders aren't even like manned. Like you can literally get in your car and Just go. Drive. You yeah. can end up getting from fucking Portugal to bleeding Norway or something. <laughs> like somewhere mad, the opposite side to bleeding Poland or Latvia or something yeah, like, like this. Do you know what mental, I mean? Like, what? Opposite side of the world almost. Within a matter of hours or days. So a friend of the McCann's, Jane Tanner, reported seeing a man carrying a child near the apartment. And Tanner dined with the McCann's parents as they went to the nearby Tapas restaurant leaving their kids to sleep. She said she saw the man 45 minutes before Kate McCann raised the alarm around 10pm. It was not discounted until 2013 when a British man stepped forward to say it was actually him carrying his daughter from the night crash. And I remember when that like news broke out and people were like, oh my God, it was him. And do you remember the sketch? There was a sketch that yeah, was going on ever very man holding one. the child and like how she wasn't wearing any shoes and they thought the pyjamas looked very similar and stuff, but it was night time. It mean. was night time. And it ended up just being an innocent parent carrying his daughter his back daughter like, from home. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try to find that sketch as well and put it on yeah. the thing because it was like everywhere. Everywhere, that was everywhere sure as well. Enough to get. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Martin Smith, his wife and two kids were on holiday in Portugal at the time of Malin McCann's disappearance. Smith said that he had seen a man aged around 35 to 40 with a young girl in pyjamas who appeared to be sleeping being carried towards the nearby beach. Obviously, this was worrying because Madeline would have been sedated. So she probably would have been asleep. So she probably would have been asleep at the time that she was taken. Yeah, it's as though she was sedated. That's a very, very popular theory. Yeah. Which we will get into. But just on the basis of that theory, if she was sedated, it would make sense why people would think that could be her because she wouldn't have been woke. Yeah. Mary and Ray Pollard remain convinced they saw Maddie at a petrol station in Morocco. This was a very famous CCTV video. Yeah. For a while. And they said in 2007 that she had this pretty face, long blonde hair to her shoulders, green eyes, and she also had a sad look on her face. Apparently she said with an accent, can we see mummy now? And she told police it was quite odd to see a blonde little girl alone in Marrakesh. This man also did not look like her father. Yeah. And I do remember... When that came up and all, yeah. I remember that, and people were like convinced. I seen her. clips, and I like it could have been her. It could very well have been. Yeah. In May two thousand and seven, a couple in Gibraltar said that they saw a woman pushing a girl who looked like Madeline in Marks and Spencer's. They reported having heard the girl shout, "You're not my mummy," 
And the woman replied, of course I am. Fucking terrifying. I know. Now, this is fucked up. I have actually heard of, like, TikToks and stuff where people have said that, like, if Sorry's parents be like, oh my God, guess what my toddler did to fuck me up today. Yeah. And I have heard shit where, like, kids would turn around to their actual parents and start Same being like, you're not my parent, who are you and all. Yeah. To people who've seen Desperate Housewives, this just reminds me of when Kayla... Um, I've never seen it right I know, though. but to I'm people who have, when <laughs> Kayla, Lynette's stepdaughter, is in the ice cream parlor and like she's trying to get her out and she's being a little bitch. Yeah. And then she tries to like grab her by the arm and she's like, You're not my mom! And for everybody, everybody's like looking at them. Yeah. And it was like really fucked up. Yeah. Apparently, kids do do this. So, yeah. I mean, could be or it could just be a kid having a tantrum. Yeah. There was another sighting as well, the same year, same time, where a Dutch woman named Anna Sam saw a little girl with a Portuguese man. The girl apparently did say her name was Maddie and also said, quote, they took me from my holiday. That is terrifying. Literally. Now, there's been thousands of other, like, possible sightings. Yeah. But they were just the ones that I thought were, like, the scariest. The scariest, definitely. Okay, so we're going to get into basically the initial investigation of what happened after Madeline went missing. In the weeks following her disappearance, the Portuguese police began suspecting Jerry and Kate McCann of Maddie's disappearance, like, almost immediately. Immediately, yeah. A suspicion that the McCanns may have accidentally killed their daughter in the apartment and covered it up was a very popular theory at yeah. the time and in september 2007 kate and jerry were labeled suspects officially in the case many people believed that the mccanns had sedated their children in mm-hmm. order to make sure they stayed asleep while they went to dinner yeah i don't know like whether this was a theory that like the public made up or whether it was confirmed but i do recall there being something about like they used to give them I don't, or something. Yeah, something to help them like sleep and just to kind of put them to rest for the night. But I feel like sedating, like the words or the term sedated is a bit heavy. It's a bit exaggeration. I'm pretty sure they did admit to doing that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did admit that they were giving did, them giving something. them something, but it's not like they were bleeding tranquilizing them or yeah, anything either. They're doctors. So they would know. They would know. Yeah. Like my whole life growing up I thought that they might have overdosed her by accident yeah and it's only when i properly yeah it was only when i properly researched it that i was like maybe not but that's just what everybody thought so i assumed it was fact yeah 100 percent. this theory could mean that maddie had an overdose and the mccann's hit her body in order to not lose their other children Mm -hmm. and when the portuguese chief inspector who led the case to find madeline resigned in 2008 he released a book the truth of the lie Mm-hmm. which became a bestseller oh interesting i haven't actually i didn't know about that book so no no well in it he alleges that maddie accidentally died in the apartment right and in an attempt to cover it up her parents faked her abduction so that's where that theory came from that book i never knew where it came from i did like yeah. that was a really big thing that they were like oh she overdosed there and they were too scared to like lose the kids so yeah and obviously the McCann's came out and they were like that's a downright lie yeah like no that's bs yeah they actually sued the chief inspector for a libel in 2009 and they actually won yeah but in april 2016 an appeals court overturned the decision oh okay so who really knows? Who really knows yeah. what happened? When investigators searched the McCann's apartment, they brought in sniffer dogs who detected blood belonging to Maddie, mm-hmm. along with more traces of her blood in the McCann's rented car. Yeah. 
the stuffed animal that Kate is seen holding in every press conference and interview in the weeks following the disappearance mm-hmm. also had traces of Maddie's blood, of her on, blood it. on it. Weird. Weird. And wasn't it like I don't know about the teddy, but I know in the apartment and in the car, I don't think it was like blood, like full on blood. It was like traces. Residue. Yeah. So as if maybe it was cleaned up or maybe it was just but then again, like it's a child yeah. children injure themselves. If it depends on how much Well you have to remember Kate seeing that stain on Maddie the morning before. Yeah. So like you were saying, she could have had a nosebleed. Yeah. And it could just, it could just have been just like little been bits. Left or like residue but of it a, around. Do you know what is a bit strange though? The boot of the car. The boot of the car is has me stumped. The yeah. boot of the car is what made me kind of think maybe they had mm. something to hide. Like that's a bit weird. Yeah. That is a bit weird. And even like right, I know when I was a kid I used to love sitting in the boot with a car. <laughs> I used to love it. I don't know what it was. It was just something about sitting in the boot with a car. So I know kids probably do climb into boots of cars and stuff, like just for the ha-has and nothing yeah. more. But I don't know why there was trace of blood found in it like that. In the boot with a car. That's a bit yeah, weird. That's a bit weird. So like I was saying, that did come across like quite suspicious. Mm-hmm. And when all of this was discovered, they obviously claimed to have nothing to do with Maddie going missing. And like they were on the telly all the time being like yeah. we had nothing to do with it we just want to find our daughter yeah and, and i mean imagine how hard that must be as parents as well yeah and i'm not completely sticking up for them either like i don't know what happened oh, maybe yeah, they exactly. did do we something maybe they had something to do with it maybe they had something to hide but and it has happened before as well in other cases where the parents are the ones that are. like yeah. look at we are going to do an episode on it but even the chris watts case yeah like the dad love and father figure social media and all like he looked like he was such a loving caring yeah. father he was crying all over the news like my daughters and the murdoch murders that are in the news lately like there's, yeah there's a lot of cases like that and they did there was like certain things about their body language that we can get into in part two that mm-hmm. like certain like psychologists and stuff have pointed out yeah but there is that part of me that's like but what if they didn't have that to do with it exactly like an innocent until proven guilty exactly. like i would rather believe they were innocent and find out they were guilty than think they were guilty, guilty and, and then find, find out, out they, they were innocent, innocent. exactly because like obviously going through the trauma of not only losing your child and god i can only imagine how horrific that is yeah but then also having the fingers pointed at you and this isn't like something that oh it only happened a little bit after the case i know like later on they were you know yeah. there's still people today who yeah who still believe still it believe that's what it. i mean and it's just a bit like and i can see why people yeah would, don't yeah, yeah, yeah like i same. said i did grow up thinking that like they had everything oh to do yeah it. yeah yeah definitely you're just adding pain to someone who you think might deserve it yeah and you don't know yeah and i'd say that they're probably already beating themselves up enough yeah, enough whether over. it was their fault or not yeah exactly they're probably blaming themselves because that's what you're gonna do that's what you're gonna do like another reason many people believe the mccann's at least know more than they let on Mm -hmm. is the fact that they come across as quite cold and non-hysterical when this is literally like the most terrifying Terrifying. experience a parent could go through Mm -hmm. that is something that i was kind of like i agree like it's a bit weird you would imagine there to be more but plain devil's advocate here yeah flip side of that is everyone deals with situations differently yeah so one person's idea is oh yeah well i would 100 be hysterical so why are they not hysterical might not yeah. necessarily be the case and once again 
rolling back to the whole Chris Watts case because that was that was yeah. a really really popular case as well especially with the Netflix documentary and stuff but even with that like the way he was coming across on TV he was full hysterics yeah like to the point where you would be like oh my god what a poor dad and everyone's like what a poor dad he's the straw this yeah. that and the other when in reality it was him it was him that so it's like people just deal with different things different ways exactly it doesn't necessarily mean anything but i can see how people are like oh that's a bit weird yeah so on may 12th the mccann's made a public comment stating that they cannot describe the anguish and despair that they're feeling portuguese police say that they believe maddie had been abducted and was still in portugal yeah on may 26th the police issued a description of a suspect seen carrying a child the night maddie disappeared so that was the one that we were talking about earlier that the sketches were made and Mm -hmm. it came out that it, it wasn't him it wasn't him yeah In June, a Portuguese police chief admitted vital forensic clues may have been destroyed as the scene was not protected properly. Mm -hmm. In July, British police sent sniffer dogs to assist the investigation and inspections of the McCann's apartment and rental car were conducted. And obviously we said earlier that there was traces of blood. By August, it had been 100 days since Maddie had disappeared Mm -hmm. and investigating offers publicly acknowledged that she may not be found alive. Yeah, which I say was devastating. Devastating. Like, 100 days, it is quite a long time. It's almost pretty much assumed. Yeah, as messed up as it is. Isn't there, like, a whole thing? It's like if somebody goes missing, if they're not found within the first 72 hours... There's like a very slim chance. It's like after the 24 hour mark, it drops by a certain percentage yeah. and then another day, then it drops again. And by seven, anything past 72 hours, there's like, I can't remember exactly what the percentage is. Yeah. But I know it's like a very, very low percentage. Yeah. On the 6th of September, Portuguese police interviewed Kate McCann as a witness. Mm-hmm. And on the 7th of September, detectives made the couple suspect. Prosecutors later say that there is no evidence to justify re-questioning them. Yeah. And Jerry McCann released a video in November of that year saying that he believes his family was watched by a predator Mm -hmm. in the days before his daughter's disappearance. Yeah. When we're going to be getting into the suspects and stuff in part two, we will come back to that and we'll go into a lot more detail of... What could have possibly been going on through it. Yeah, because there was a very well-known kind of predator lingering around that area around the same time as Maddie's disappearance. And, like, he's a really really strong suspect Mm -hmm. in the case like a lot of people think it was him yeah so we'll probably save him for the very end of the next episode because there's so much to say on him yeah um but we will go through all of the suspects Mm -hmm. on the 20th of january the mccann's released sketches of a suspect based on a description by british holiday maker of a creepy man seen at the resort Mm -hmm. what i found weird about that is if she went missing on the 3rd of may yeah why was this information only being provided to the police in November mm-hmm. and the sketch only coming out in January? Yeah, like that's ages away. That's a bit sus in my, in my opinion. Yeah, like I don't know, did your man maybe just not come forth with this information until like much, much later or it kind of triggered something in his brain and was like, oh, maybe I should go and... I don't know. Notify the police this. It's just a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. I know that the police were, like, Portuguese police in particular, a lot of people believe that the investigation that they did was fucking shite. Yeah. And it wasn't until the, was it the Metropolitan Police in Scotland Yard and stuff got involved that the case actually took off. But unfortunately, this was, like, well, well after she went missing. Yeah. 
So, I mean, could be a little too late, unfortunately. Yeah. In April, Portuguese police flew to the UK mm-hmm. to sit in on interviews conducted by the police in the UK. Yeah. So these interviews were with the McCann's friends that were at the dinner on the night. Mm -hmm. And on the 3rd of May, one year since the disappearance, Kate McCann urged people to pray like mad for her little girl. Yeah. By July, Portuguese police had came out and said that they had submitted their final report on the case. Mm -hmm. Weeks later, authorities shelved their investigation and lift the suspect status of the McCann's. So they basically just closed the case. Yeah. After a whole year, they kind of were like... Like just quite focused on the McCanns being their prime suspects. I know they kind of did look around and try, but they were pretty dedicated on it being the it McCanns. being them. And like even the documentary that they were saying, they actually tried to force, like not physically force, obviously, yeah, Kate to sign um confession, yeah, to say that she was responsible for Madeline's disappearance. And Kate was like, "I'm not signing, I'm not that. signing that." She like. blatantly refused signing. She's like. Because they basically just wanted to kind of wipe their hands clean of the case. Yeah. Obviously, it was causing a lot of bad press, even for the area. For like the like, it was a very touristy area, right? And exactly, nobody yeah. would want to go there after what happened. No. And um, so they just wanted to like really get rid of this whole thing. So they were like, "Oh yeah, you need to sign this confession." So she's like, "I'm not doing that." Cause I'm not doing that. Like, it wasn't me. Obviously, you're not gonna do that. And I can only imagine how frustrating that is. And I keep going back to this, right? And yeah, like I said, I'm not saying 100% it was or wasn't the parents. But I'm just, let's just, like I said, give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And say it wasn't them. Imagine how frustrating it is. You're hoping the police will solve this. But instead of them going out and looking into other stuff yeah. and you're finding out that they're just like focusing the investigation on trying to prove that you did it as their parents. Yeah. The child's parents. Like that must be awful. Horrible. So you can't imagine anything worse no definitely not 100% so the last thing we're going to cover off in part one is just a little bit about the age progression photos that were released to try and help aid the investigation and once again looking at the photos I have a copy of them here in front of me like I both of these photos look very very familiar I remember them being all over the news we will include them in our social media so you can see too one of the age progression photos was from 2009 where Maddie would have been six and once again we will include that in our social media and in March 2010 previously unseen Portuguese police file were released detailing possible sightings of Madeline to British newspapers and a month later in April Jerry McCann said that it is incredibly frustrating that the police in Portugal and the UK had not been looking for his daughter for quote a very long time. In May 2011 Kate ended up writing a book herself and released it in which she ended up discussing details about Maddie's disappearance and in April 2012 the Metropolitan Police confirmed that they were quote seeking to bring closure to the case which means basically that they were looking to kind of reopen it again. Unfortunately though the police authorities refused to reopen the investigation on their end and in 2012 another age progression photo was released where maddie would have been nine and we will include that in our social media as as well well. yeah so that's where we're gonna stop for part one yeah there is a lot more information to go through like the suspects and stuff this was more of like an introduction and like a timeline of how things happen how things played out yeah there is obviously some more updates that have been coming out more recently that we're gonna cover at the end of the next episode Mm -hmm. but i think that's it for today thank you so much for listening thank you
And in the meantime, you can follow us on all of our social media at Insane Investigations. You can email us at insaneinvestigations at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.